Streaming audio is made possible by Hungry Harvest, delivering farm-fresh produce and grocery staples to your door. Every delivery allows you to support local donations that fight hunger in the community. Learn more at HungryHarvest.net. This episode is brought to you by Next One Up. Next One Up transforms the lives of young men in Baltimore City by providing long-term mentoring and coaching during the critical ages of 13 to 24. Innovative programming blends a focus on academics, athletics, and leadership to infuse out of school with purpose and help young men create a dynamic and concrete vision for their future. Next One Up, transforming the lives of young men in Baltimore City by supporting and advancing their academic, athletic, and social development. Learn more, donate, or get involved at nextoneup.org. It was a... um a representation of what I've always wanted to hear in music. I found, you know, it was like, it had all the things that I, I love so much and it was so musical and it was, it was, it just felt like that is my personality in music right there. Like that is who I am. You know, everything. It was like, I want to, I want to, you know, I found like, it sounded like he found the idea that I always wish I had. This is Essential Tremors. I'm Lee Gardner. I'm Matt Byers. The idea behind this show is to have musicians and other creators talk about songs that shaped who they are. We're not looking for favorite songs, necessarily. We're also not looking for songs that they'd choose to take with them if they were stranded on a desert island. What we're looking for are songs that have significance to them. Songs that might have changed the course of their creative lives, or their lives in general. under the name Flying Lotus, has released six albums of beat-heavy and deeply imaginative electronic music, collaborating with artists as diverse as Kendrick Lamar, Anderson Pock, David Lynch, Erica Badu, and Tom York and Johnny Greenwood of Radiohead. He has also released rap mixtapes as his alter ego, Captain Murphy, produced a single for the late rapper Mac Miller, and directed two films that both premiered at the Sundance Film Festival. In addition to releasing material on his own Brain Feeder label, many of his albums have been issued by esteemed UK electronic imprint, Warp Records. 
first song Ellison chose as being formative for him was Igor Stravinsky's Rite of Spring. The first album that I can think of that kind of shifted things for me, one of these things, one of these huge groundbreaking turning point albums was, um, I think actually it was, it was a compilation of, uh, of, uh, from the Rite of Spring, Igor Stravinsky's Rite of Spring. Um, I think it was just a bunch of different pieces, but mostly that, um, and I was I was so young and I hadn't really heard any classical stuff that I really that really made any sense to me. But I think when I heard it, it was like, oh, that's the music from Fantasia. And then it was like from there it evolved into like, wow, what is this stuff? Like so crazy, all the places that they go. And it feels like cartoons and it feels so visual. You know, I had I had uh, kind of experienced it, experienced classical music differently after that and it really gave me a, a different appreciation for it I ended up playing saxophone in middle school and uh, and I got into, to the band in that way and uh, I think yeah that was that was huge for me listening to that stuff Stravinsky and Tchaikovsky back when I was you know maybe 11 or 12. Uh, what kind of what kind of stuff were you listening to before that? I think I was listening to anything my family was playing you know i think you know around then in those times you didn't really have much going on so it was you just kind of listen to whatever your parents say is cool uh like stevie wonder and you know luther vandross r&b-ish type things that that you know was being heard boys to men things my mom like tony braxton I come from a musical family. A lot of jazz musicians in my family come from the Coltrane lineage and all that. So Alice Coltrane was my 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 aunt, you know. So I uh, I learned a lot about jazz music from having that element in my life and learning about all all types of different music from her her sons. You know, they, they were all musicians, so they kind of treated me like their littlest brother and always put me on the new stuff and showed me what it was like to kind of live a musician's life. Well, so uh, do you remember how you would have come by this uh, this record, the, the, the one with the Rite of Spring on it? Yeah, my cousin, her my Alice's son, Oran, she he gave me that that music and he was he was always playing me like crazy rock stuff he was making like stuff that sounded like Prince around the time but then he was like yo man you gotta listen to this though he was like for real for real just listen to it don't you know don't just cause it's classical don't walk away from it you know he was really adamant that I listened to this thing with him 
and he played it to me. I was like, wow, this is crazy. Maybe let me, let me hold on to this. Uh, were you already playing music yourself at the time? Um, and yeah, in some capacity, but not, not really, uh, anything serious. And you said you went on to play saxophone, but that was a little bit later. It sounds like just, no, not too much later, but around then. Yeah. 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 I'm curious. Do you still have that record? I listen to it. I listen to stuff all the time. You know, I have a piano that plays itself, you know, so I listen to a lot of classical music, um, with that. And, uh, yeah, I, I love that. And I love classical music interpreted on like the Moog synthesizers and stuff back in the day. They would do those albums quite a bit. And I love hearing, you know, Tamita do Debussy. And, and actually that's one of, one of the things I think that is another one of the records that I, I love so much. Um, but I don't know if I'm going to list that one as number two. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's interesting that you you hit on uh, uh, and you say it was a uh, it was a compilation of like pieces of Rite of Spring or it was the whole thing. Uh, I'd just be curious about. Yeah, I think it was just like someone. I think it was someone who made a. It was like one a, like a best of Stravinsky CD. It was like one of those things, but it was it had Rite of Spring on. Well, it's it's funny because Rite of Spring. Um, we've been doing this for about two years now, and I've had. Uh, I think 30 something guests and Rite of Spring is one of the ones that's come up most often, which is not to say a lot, but like this makes like, I think the, maybe the third or fourth time that it's come up and among musicians, someone who, yeah, one of those game changer records. huh? Right. And among musicians, you know, spanning, you know, someone your age to, uh, you know, someone who's in his seventies or eighties at this point. So right. clearly Stravinsky had something going on, I guess. Stravinsky was on it. I mean, so much so that, you know, you have people like John Williams, you know, John Williams be quoting him all the time and all his stuff. I mean, so many people just straight up steal from Stravinsky, like no problem. Right. Well, you know, you bring up John Williams, it's funny. I mean, you know, clearly he's super talented and has this amazing career and he his house has got to be way nicer than my house. But he does, it's like, house, yeah. there's all sorts of stuff in his in his scores that it's like, oh yeah, that's, that's some Shostakovich there. And, you know, little homage but you know it's 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 there it's it's a little bit of borrowing there that john williams is doing but you know there's something about it because he kind of it's almost like um he makes it he died he's he he digests the stuff that he knows people will like you know he he grabbed the bit the bits that it's like a it's like pop he's like a pop classical (laughs) you know it's like he knows how to get you like just the parts that kind of matter you know in, in a piece without all, a lot of meandering around and stuff he gets right to the point and the heart of the melodies
The second piece of music Ellison chose as essential to his formation as an artist was the album Fantastic Volume 2 by Slum Village. This is the last time you hear me, I'm out now, this is the last time to cheer me Niggas at the game is getting too slimy, liable to make this peace brother turn grimy I'ma leave it in the hands of the slum now, take it away from where it comes from now A lot of you cats in the music business, shiftless, I put you on the shit list Did your intuition say the shit on me? I'ma just flip your ears, yo you hear me beat D'Angelo, play your piano. JD, flip another beat for me. Hold tight with my tear and my nigga T3. Bust a bust, watch out for who you trust. Ali Shahid, it's your blood that I bleed. Yes, wife, for you I will give my life. It's the Uma shit for real till there's no more life. When you foul, motherfuckers, change your wrong to right. Make sure you bring the music to the area of flight. Hold tight. I think Slum Village, Fantastic Volume 2 was pretty huge for me as a, a young man that album there was a, a album produced by jay dilla um i think it, it was a it was a um a representation of what i've always wanted to hear in music i found you know it was like it had all the things that i i love so much and it was so musical and it was it was it just felt like that is my personality in music right there like that is who i am you know everything it was like i want to i want to you know i found like it sounded like he found the idea that i always wish i had you know it was that kind of a thing in the sound when i was a kid you know that and like tribe called quest and stuff it was like this thing that the sound that i was hearing glimpses of you know, and nuances of, you know, that kind of neo-soul sound. Like, it was, like, things that were kind of, like, I was hearing these little windows of it. You know, like, Erica Badu had a little of it, and The Roots had a little of it. And it was, like, all these people had, like, sprinkles of this kind of sound. And then when I heard that, it was, like, this is the, this is it. This is where it comes from. And this is, this is it, <laughs> you know? And I was, like, so it was huge. And um, I just remember you know, having a, my first car, having like a Ford Focus, a black Ford Focus, and I put a sound system in it. <laughs> and it was like, I was like driving like a, you know, it was like, I might as well, I had a, you know, Cadillac SUV or whatever, you know, it was like, to me, it was killing, <laughs> you know, like playing that music in there in my little car and like my first car, like cruising around LA at nighttime. Cause I could just drive around. It was like, just got my license and stuff. And you know, smoking weed and stuff. So it was like, it was a beautiful time. And I had that stuff to cruise around to when I like do whatever the 17, 18 year old person can do. Um, yeah. Awesome. And were you were, were you already playing in bands at that point? Or had you, had you switched to? No, I was, I was kind of in filmmaker mode actually for a long time. I was, I was in film film mode and still kind of messing with beats but um i was i was a film student around then too and i i'd always kind of mess with beats but i think when i started hearing that stuff it kind of pulled me back into producing and the idea of producing music there was other records too but that was definitely one of the ones that you know front to back 
I could just play that and drive around over and over. And like, you know, it was one of those things where like, if you knew someone who had that or was into that, they were probably going to be a friend of yours. You know, it was like, uh, one of those kind of character defining things. If you knew at the time, like, wow. Okay. So, you know, your stuff, <laughs> cause it was at the time it was, there was no, you know, none of that internet stuff. So it was, it was kind of hard to find out about these things. Right. That's something that's come up again and again in our conversations with people is that, that sort of, uh, that badge of identity you can get from music and that, that way that you can sort of find your people with it. Right. Cause if you like it, yeah, find your, you find right, your tribe. Right. If you like it and they like it, then clearly you are somehow connected. You're related. So what happened to, to filmmaking? Why did, why did you move in another direction? Um, I, I still care about filmmaking. I still am part of it. I still do films and make videos and stuff, but I think I was really attracted to the music side of it because it, it was it was perfect for a person like me who was kind of introverted and didn't want to have to w work with a lot of people. I, I was always a person who wanted to do things by themselves and you know making beats and you can you could do that alone on a computer, which I was already like a kind of a techie kind of a person. I was like, what? <laughs> you're you're like shouting at me right now. This is all me right here. Right. It's, you know, especially that sort of music is something you can do alone, whereas you know, it's hard It's hard to make films alone at any level, really. Yeah. So. The final song Ellison chose as being crucial to him was Queen's Somebody to Love. girlfriend at the time she had um we were watching netflix and she told me she told me to stop on this queen live in montreal video or something it was montreal i don't think it was the i think it was the one live aid it wasn't that one but uh 
And I had never really heard much of their music or knew much about Queen, honestly. I didn't really know or really care for it. I knew about We Are The Champions and We Will Rock You, and I didn't really even know that those were their songs. I just knew those songs. And then, you know, I'm starting to watch the thing, and I couldn't really tell if I liked it in the first two seconds. But after, like, 30 seconds, and I'm just saying, like, how amazing this cat's voice is, I was like, what? How did I... How, what is this voice? You know, it was like it was insane. I and I felt like someone had played a trick on me. You know, like my whole life, because I I was I was almost thirty at that point, and I had never really heard Freddie Mercury. Uh, and I, I just felt like, like who? How, how did this happen? <laughs> you know, how did I how did I go so long without having this moment? And like being able to like soak up his genius and the genius of Queen and the music, and I think after I heard somebody to love, I played that one over and over and over, and it was part of that. Yeah, it was like part of some, yeah, the live concert. Yeah, listen to that over and over, and then I was like, all right, well, what else they got? And so I, you know, I just started going back and finding some of the tunes, and then I like figuring out what era I liked of their sound the best and then yeah it was it was a really amazing time of discovery because it it had such an effect on my music having um being inspired by all the harmonies that freddie would come up with and the the guitar lines that brian may would do i I got super inspired by by those elements and they really helped shape my album uh you're dead that was like a hugely, they were hugely influential in, in that just because I got super geeky about my, my layering and all the, the um, kind of uh, mixing techniques, analog mixing techniques and things that they were doing. I was trying to practice that and kind of more like psychedelic rock influence, things that Pink Floyd were kind of doing I was trying to do for Your Dead. So what did you decide in terms of your favorite period of Queen? Queen 2 is my favorite Queen album. Um, I, That's a front to back for me. I can listen to that front to back, no problem. There, There's other albums that are good, but I, I kind of like tunes from each one. But Queen 2 is so good. It, it's funny when someone like yourself who, like you know, professional musician and, 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 you know, in the days of the internet, you know, anyone has access to anything. It's still amazing. Um, you know, to me, uh, almost every day, it seems like how much stuff is out there that you don't know exists. And, yeah, you know, you can spend your whole life, which pretty much I have done at this point, um, you know, tracking down music, new music that you want to hear. And there's still yeah. just, so much more it it seems endless yep. and it is know, endless it, it's it, a beautiful thing that it is right it's beautiful but then again it's almost like it's almost frustrating it's like how how will i ever you know how will i ever get to the end of it maybe you don't you know what's crazy though is like there is no end because you can even if you've heard something you know there's so many records that i can listen to now that i have a deeper appreciation for now just because of my experience and my experience with the instrument or whatever, I can go back and be like, wow, they were doing that with it. Okay. And this is something I've heard a bajillion times. 
you know, but like I hear it with different ears and it's, it's totally different. Man. It's like, it's a new world. It's like kind of like hearing how people would say, Oh, take some acid and you hear, <laughs> hear it differently. But like, you know, it's the same thing. You keep living or study music and then hear it, you know, and it's going to be like, Whoa, okay. Well, they're doing this or it's super simple. You just, just kind of connect dots as to why you like things. Um, it's so fun. This has been Essential Tremors. Essential Tremors is produced by me, Matt Byers, and Lee Gardner. This episode was edited by our production intern, Jonas Byers. Our social media intern is Roosevelt Singleton. Essential Tremors is distributed by WYPR Baltimore and NPR. Look for and subscribe to all of WYPR's podcasts at wypr.org slash podcast central. For more information about Essential Tremors, go to essentialpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. Ooh.